If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Hey guys, welcome to a very special mini-sode of the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cassell. Usually, we walk you through the wonder world of a story song, but right now we're going to talk about uh, some fun promotion uh, that we've been doing uh, with Pantheon Podcast. We're breaking our amazing, format. Our amazing podcast network. Yeah, breaking that format. Get breaking out. it down. Hello. And then building it back up. That's right. Um like we're fighting all your rules. No, we're fighting yeah. the format and the patriarchy. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about that second one, but um, <laughs> so uh, what I'm talking about is that we uh, did a couple of things. We went. We we have a um, partnership with a tour, uh, which is Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets, um, and we went to one of the concerts uh, mm-hmm. at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester. New York. I'm going to talk about that in one second. Um, but uh, Nick Mason is the drummer, was the drummer for Pink Floyd, uh, has Saucer Full of Secrets, his band. Uh, they are going around uh, doing a great tour, and they are doing the early, somewhat well less known, uh, some might say psychedelic, mm-hmm. uh, inflected early stuff Pre- from Pink Floyd. Pre-Dark Side. Um, pre dark side, uh, very cool, very exciting, uh, that they're pulling out the old stuff, stuff for the fans, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and from the fans that were at the show, uh, they were very appreciative, uh, to hear it. So, um, yeah, so we are, like I said, partnered with them, um, to promote Pantheon, to promote our podcast, which I think is called the story song podcast. I'd have to check on that. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so close, but, uh, so we were there. Um, and we were at the Capitol Theater, like I said. Historic Capitol Theater. They start, yeah. So I didn't know anything about no. this. No clue. Um, so this is in Port Chester, New York, which is a little up above the city there. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful neighborhood. And the theater, uh, is like on the registry of historic buildings or whatever that thing is called. Yeah. So like historic landmarks. So this is like the real deal. It's great. Yeah, um, it was, it was built in 1926. So I think it was originally, um, a, Michael, it was for vaudeville. It was a vaudeville theater. <laughs> I'm yep. slipping on banana peels and shooting <laughs> seltzer in my pants. It's vaudeville, everybody. Um, which I still say is going to make a comeback. Um, and I think it was a movie theater. It became mm-hmm. a concert venue. I think it was a catering hall. It was. Um, yeah. It was, so they... it was dark for a while and then came back as a concert venue. And it's been, it's celebrating and actually. And then it's... someday soon, vaudeville. Again. That's right. Yeah. And it's celebrating this year its 10th anniversary of reopening as a concert venue. Um, it's, it's reopening. So it's the cap 10. And the right. cool thing too is that I think it was 52 years ago. Pink Floyd actually performed at the Capitol Theater 
And some people who were at that show were at the show that we were at. Right. I mean, he asked who was here at that show, and, pe- and some people clapped. I mean, who's going to check? Really? I, I spoke mean- to somebody about it. We got to meet some fans. Of, oh, yeah. And it, was, and it was really cool. And I got to speak to this guy who was at that concert 52 years ago. Right. Great. I'm just saying when he asked, I clapped. So I don't know if you can trust everybody who, who was cheering. You were there in no, spirit. Um, <laughs> Dan, you were there in spirit. During the intermission, I actually saw somebody walking around saying like, hi, I saw you raise your hand. I just wanted to double check that you were actually here 52 <laughs> you, years ago. And have... if it turned out that their story yeah. was not true, they were asked yeah. to leave the building. That's they right. Were, That's yeah. right. They were they were they were forcefully escorted out. There was um, when you buy tickets, it says, please provide proof that you were here 52 years ago. <laughs> Do yeah, not clap. That's right. Do not clap. It's You're going to be asked to clap. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pink Floyd was there. Uh, the Grateful Dead famously did some yeah. shows there. Um, according uh, to a wonderful website called Wikipedia, um, Janis Joplin debuted her song Mercedes Benz at the theater to the surprise of her band. Whoa. She, <laughs> she, she wrote it at a bar nearby. So there you go, guys. That's cool. Um, That's cool. Yeah, like Michael said, it it, it was abandoned for a little while, and then it's now reopened, and uh, and it's gorgeous. It's doing some cool stuff. Oh, it's absolutely it's beautiful. beautiful. It's a beautiful space. Beautiful place if to you're die. in the area and so. you can see a show there, go ahead and see it. I mean, you guys, Abbott and Costello played there. That's yeah. true. And absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty sure they also did their psychedelic stuff too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Abbott and Costello go electric. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually much like the Pink Floyd show, I was also at that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um and that's actually somewhat famous because right at the beginning I just yelled out, "It's the baseball player's name." That's the confusion and that really kind of ruined <laughs> really ruined the show. Set the whole thing off on a sour note right from the beginning. Yeah. So, I was I was asked to leave. Yeah. Um and and rightfully so. So, um but yeah, it was uh, the show was great. Um, mm-hmm. We stayed for the show. Uh, we talked to uh, some people. We told them about Pantheon. We told them about Story Song. People were very nice. We had super stickers. nice, great conversations. We were, we were handing them out. Um, it was great. It was a super fun time. We helped a and lot of people find the restroom. That it, well, I did. Yes, that is true. <laughs> a lot of people asked us. <laughs> I will say one thing for the Capitol Theater: maybe better signage for restrooms because people were. Well, a lot they of people ask us. Um, We're happy to help, the, though. We're just helpers, oh, you guys. Oh, don't get me wrong. Look for I the was, helpers. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's us. All right. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, we got you know, like I said, we we helped a lot of people learn about Pantheon, about the Story Song podcast. Uh, we gave out a lot of stickers. Uh, we helped a lot of people relieve their bladders. So all in all, uh, wonderful, wonderful night. Uh, super fun. Now, um. That was great. The two other things to mention. Um, number one, if that sounds like a fun time, and you are in the roughly tri-state area, um, we got news for you because we're gonna do this again. We're gonna be at the Beacon Theater in New York City, uh, October twelfth, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna be doing the same thing. So if you happen to be around, if you'd like to see the show, if you'd like to come by. And say hi, please do that. The second thing is that part of this promotional uh, arrangement that we have, uh, we got to interview Guy Pratt, mm-hmm. who is the bassist and the code lead singer for Saucer Full of Secrets. But that is certainly not all. That is not uh, all, friends. He is. 
Guy is, is a um, professional musician who has done incredibly cool stuff. Uh, we got to interview him um, and talk to him about that stuff, including doing things like, oh, I don't know, playing bass for Madonna on uh, some famous song. <laughs> you know, maybe working with a little guy you might have heard called Michael Jackson um, and all kinds of other incredible stuff. So uh, it was a super fun interview. Um, and we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, but before we do that, guys, any last thoughts on the show that we saw, the future show, you know, anything that's going on in the world you want to talk about? I mean, I would just say that it's a really, it's a, it's a really fun show. It's terrific. Um, not only is Guy in it, um, you might also know, um, their guitarist and lead singer who is from a little, uh, a little band called Spandau Ballet. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there are plenty of people there Gary, that you want to see. Kemp Gary Kemp. From, I mean, he. I mean, it's really cool. Ball- Spando Ballet. Ballet. Um, it's great. Uh, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, Guy and Gary also have their own podcast mm-hmm. um, that you can listen to. It's called Rock on Tours. Love it. Love the name. Ask that's great. Telling it's stories good. about rock. Rock. I mean, these guys are pros. Yeah. <laughs> like that's 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 how you know when uh, when they're able to come up with something like that. So. Yeah, super cool. Um, yeah, I mean, two two highlights for me. Like uh, at one point, Gary's like, "Hey, I see a lot of Pink Floyd T-shirts out there." Do you guys hear this? He's like, yes. a lot of Pink Floyd T-shirts." Like, I see a lot of, like this. He's like, "Not seen a lot of Spandu Ballet T-shirts," uh, <laughs> and I'm personally hurt. So I like that bit. I also like at one point Nick Mason was like, they did some song where he had a gong, and he was like, "I I watched decades of Roger Waters like hitting this gong during the song," and he's like, "He never let me touch the gong." And he's like. But now I have my own gong. <laughs> so. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Got a big laugh for the audience. It was very fun. Um, cool. All right. So let's uh, let's now turn over to that interview with Guy. And like we said, if you guys want to come on by um, Beacon Theater, uh, we would love to see you there. Uh, but otherwise, we will probably talk more about that show at a later date in a later episode. So. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy this interview we did with Guy Pratt. It's the story song podcast. Hey guys, uh, we're talking to Guy Pratt here, who's the basis for Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. Uh, they are currently going on tour. If you've been listening to our show, you know all about it. Um, but if you want to get some tickets to that and go see it, uh, you can go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Nick Mason. Uh, now, Guy, I love what you guys are doing with this tour. Thank you. The... Should point out, I'm also, yeah. I'm also, the, uh, I'm co-lead singer. Oh, I'm great. the bassist. No, no worries. Co-lead singer. <laughs> the first time in my life I've fronted a band, so it's you know <laughs> quite nice to have it sort of recognized. That's fantastic. You're out in front <laughs> for uh, one of the first times. Um, but I, I love what you guys are doing, doing the older... Uh, Somewhat less known, yeah, you know, pre, more psychedelic pre dark stuff. side. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit about how this tour came together? Uh, how the tour came to, well, this tour came together very painfully and slowly in, in that this is the, you know, this it's been rescheduled twice. Now this tour was meant to happen back in 2020. Yeah. Um, but of course we, we all know what happened then. Um, so um, basically, I mean, we've just done, uh, it's actually four, 12 or 14 weeks. We did uh, we did a three-week tour of the UK, which was fantastic. And then we did 
like um, we did 60 shows in 90 days in 29 countries wow. in Europe, which was exhausting and probably a bit too long, um, yeah. especially as everywhere we were playing was incredibly interesting. And it's a lot of its countries you've never been to before. So every day there's another National Art Museum. There's another parliament. There's another cathedral. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, you know, that was it was culturally exhausting, but absolutely fantastic to play. And now we're back in America, which, of course, is always always great to be back in the states and i'm looking out on a very very rainy boston um yes but it's nice sorry I'll be, sorry I'll be we walking couldn't... around town like, well sorry couldn't walk. Oh, i was gonna say sorry about the weather yeah we we do our best but you know boston. Mate, i'm british <laughs> <laughs> this is what i know <laughs> right exactly um great so, um yeah so but the tour came together basically because you know we've done one tour before we've done Europe, we've done Europe twice, we've done America, and then we put out the live album, which seemed to go down really, really well. Mm. And so we thought, let's do it again and let's expand a bit. And now, you know, there has been one particular addition to the set, um, which has which has kind of had major implications, which has been absolutely fantastic. Um, which also means we now we now do a show which is in two halves. We have an intermission. Oh, okay. Which is like, which is like it, you know, like Pink Floyd and David Gilmore also do shows. So it's nice to be back to that. It's something I recognize. Right. And, and it's I nice. Mean, it feels great. You've never got that many songs in front of you. It's like doing yeah. two short shows. Right. Exactly. You look down at the set list. You've never, you've never got like 20 songs in front of you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously this is for people who are like big fans. You know, I assume the reaction has been pretty positive. To what you guys are doing yeah the thing is it, it has i mean the thing with this show is that you know because obviously i've played with pink floyd and i played with david gilmore for it's coming up for 40 years now and with that it's people are always it's like oh my god i can't believe i'm getting to see david gilmore play comfortably now right, right. or i can't believe i'm getting to see something whereas with this what's so beautiful is you look out in the audience and there's always people think going you know you could see it's like i never thought i would hear this right I never thought I would get to hear a member of Pink Floyd play See Emily play or obscured by clouds or, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that's really, really special about it. And the yeah. fact that it's, um, is, is that it's kind of, it's Pink Floyd when they were a pop group, right. You know, before it was the vast faceless obelisk and it was all so important. Everything. Not there's anything wrong with that. And it's, you know, the, the spectacle and everything, this is kind of guys having fun. I mean, what, what's so nice is that, we, when I, you know, I look back at Nick on the riser and I see that kid at the UFO club, you know, and it kind of really takes you back to that. And it, it, it connects you with your younger self. And I think it connects the audience with the younger selves. And we, you know, especially in Europe, we had quite a lot of young people coming and it's, you know, there's something that they really relate to and got off on too, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, Pink Floyd is definitely one of those bands. I think it's still happening. I know as, as kind of late as, the early 2000s, uh, my wife's brother was in high school and came up to me one day and he was like, have you ever heard of Pink Floyd? And it's one of those <laughs> bands that, you know, certain certain people find. And then the great thing is that it's all good. Like you you come in with, you know, a, another brick in the wall or or Eclipse or something. But then you can go you can go in any direction. You can go deep down into the older stuff yeah. and it, it's it's all good all the way down. So that's where I think people get really into it. And like you said, so exciting that you get to see some of this stuff and hear some of this stuff that you would never imagine you would ever yeah. you would ever get a chance. But to also do. in a theater, you know, in a theater. Right. You know, and I've got to say, Nick's playing like a theme. It's, you know, I mean, he's he's 
energy and enthusiasm is kind of nuts. It's actually quite scary. You sometimes right. said, "Whoa!" <laughs> but it, and it's amazing. But but and I thought there's actually two ways of looking at this because you know Nick's in his late seventies, and and there's going to go, "Oh my God, it's amazing to think that someone of that age can still do that." The other way of looking at that is actually go go to all the young drummers and go, "Mate." Whatever you're doing, it's not all that. You're still <laughs> going to be able to do it when you're yeah. in your senses. <laughs> um, cool. Well, like I said, our show focuses on lyrics. Um, we talk a lot about. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a song I don't know at all, isn't it? It's gonna be something <laughs> I've never heard. Well, what I was going to ask is, you know, obviously, like you said, you're the the co lead singer. Um, you're doing these songs. Is there anything that you know stands out to you? lyrics wise i mean obviously it's all good but is there one particular lyric that you think about or, or just sort of stands out in all the stuff that you guys are doing there's one song that i sing which is uh obviously incredibly personal to me because it was written by rick wright um who was you know my father-in-law and and my son's grandfather and so and every night i introduced the song as saying that you know because it makes me think of him and it, and it mm. is a beautiful thing it's so fantastically english and whimsical of literally uh, and and it's really funny now singing it now that i'm 60 right and remember i was the young guy back in the 80s um because it's it's rick looking back to when you were a child and when everything's so easy and simple and how nice and you think oh that's so great but then you remember he was like 22 when he right. wrote it <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So he was 22 and his life was going great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we so that telling... one. That one always resonates me with, you know, particular. Also, actually, when like we have one show in Bucharest in Romania and there were all these kids down the front. I would say kids, these really young people. And they knew all the songs and they were, you know, they were reacting so emotionally to everything that I actually, that night, I dedicated the song to them as well as standing my son mm -hmm. and um so it's kind of really nice to have that to pull out of the bag you know what right. i mean you know so yeah so you know so yeah that's that's the one that, that, that a lot of them you know obviously um i also particularly like i don't sing it gary sings it but i particularly like the lyrics to childhood's end because uh which david wrote because david doesn't get david's actually a really really great great lyricist but he just doesn't like doing it Mm -hmm. So he doesn't do it very often, but when he does, so um, and of course all the sip ones, fantastic. I mean, Vegetable Man, uh, Vegetable Man is probably quite a good one to look at because it's just insane. I mean, it's not yeah. just insane, but <laughs> and it's like it's such an absolute proto punk song in the, his delivery and everything. And it was literally him in the in the manager's office, I believe, when they just said, "Listen, have you got any new songs?" No, that we need something, and so he just wrote this thing on the spot based on what he was wearing. <laughs> that's very punk yeah to just uh just, I'll, yeah. just, I'll just do it right now we'll do it live uh that's great <laughs> yeah i mean uh, that's one thing we talk about on the show a lot is like how the your relationship to a song can change over the years i mean one thing i talk about a lot is like you know i'll listen to a song about someone who's a parent um and when i was in my 20s i thought i understood and now now that i'm a parent and i hear that song again i'm like oh okay now i really understand what's going on in these lyrics. So it is great how your, your personal relationship can change, you know, as you, as you go along in your life, you come to understand things more and, and your relationship to these songs can change. It's uh it's quite fantastic. Um, 
So it's well, true. There, but there are some like you know one of the first songs to absolutely blow my mind and uh, you know make me want to be a musician was uh, was won't get fooled again right mm, by the who yeah. and uh, and the funny thing and you say and my relationship to that song never changes and it's always <laughs> right and it's always exactly the same and it's literally in britain this week we've had another change of fucking prime minister and not, and it's like here yes. we go again and you can put that song on and it's saying exactly the same thing as it said <laughs> in 1971 and it makes just as much sense you know yeah but, um there's i listened to rick rubin uh, i met rick rubin the other week which was kind of you know he's it's an incredibly impressive character but I, I listened to a podcast he did but someone brought up what like when he got johnny cash to do hurt mm-hmm. by nine inch nails and, and and that's another thing changing the perspective of a song because that song is your ultimate kind of goth emo thing isn't it i hurt myself today and like every teenager thing i'm going yeah yeah that's me and but the thing about having a 60 year old man sing it you know, someone who's lived their life and dealt with all the, you know, that teenage angst and everything yeah. is uh, is quite extraordinary. So that's an interesting thing to do with songs as well. I think. Yeah, it's um, the thing we talk about the the marriage of the the song and the and the uh, and the singer, right, or or the artist. Um, like you said, it means one thing. Yeah. If, if Nine Inch Nails is singing, another thing. If Johnny Cash, who is coming to the end of his yeah, life, exactly. is singing it same words but they can mean different things um well with that i know that you've written songs how do you approach writing the lyrics to the songs is it something you spend a lot of time on no i don't really write lyrics i write more music i mean i can only write lyrics if it's with people because i don't trust myself Mm -hmm. i just don't trust i just need constant editorial is that any good is that any good you know i mean gary kemp is the man you want to speak to about this okay I have written songs with him, but that was different. That's why I like writing songs for musical projects because it's like we need a song, and it says this. Like I, uh, for instance, I was I had I got nominated for an Ivan Novello Award, right, which is the highest songwriting awards you can get in Britain, and I got nominated because I did the music for a TV series called The Young Person's Guide to Becoming a Rock Star, which was mm. brilliant. And if you, anyone can find it anywhere, it's really really funny, really well done. Uh, I'm not taking credit for it; I just did the music, but it's um. No, I'm in it actually, a tiny bit. But uh, and it's about a Scottish rock band in the '90s. And so I had to, I had to invent this band, invent the sound. It was great because it was '90s in England, so which there was all that great Blur and Oasis stuff going on. So mm-hmm. yeah, that sort of thing. But but the song I got nominated for an Ivan Novello Award for was because I just had to write the songs to order. You know, this, but you know, and there was a bit where the lead singer really fancies the keyboard player. And and there's a line of dialogue where he goes, the thing is, write songs about what matters to you, what's important, what's a, what's around you in your life today. Then it's you're telling the truth. It's got to mean something. And then in the script, it says, they then play, why won't you shag me? <laughs> so I had to write a song called, why won't you shag me? Which I did and got nominated for an Ivan Novello Award. That's great. <laughs> That's great, yeah. That'll be on there. So... So that so uh, yeah that, that so that's where my motivation comes from. <laughs> it's in the script. <laughs> he told me by the script exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> okay, well, um, to change tact a little bit, um, in in one of your videos, you're talking about um, you played bass on 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 your lockdown licks videos. Oh, um, lockdown licks. Yes. yes, you haven't told your audience about that. Yes, I did these <laughs> lockdown licks videos during. I'm teaching you guys podcasting as we go, aren't I? Thank you. Um, <laughs> we need it. We um, 
Yes, during lockdown, I did a series of YouTube videos called Lockdown Licks, where I basically, because people said, why don't you do, you know, I wanted to do something. You wanted to, everyone wanted to do yeah. something to help or whatever. So uh, I had this idea of just people said, why don't you do bass lessons or something? I thought, well, I don't actually really know how to play the bass. I mean, I know I can do it, but I, mm. I, I I wouldn't know what to teach people. So I thought, why don't I do a sort of greatest hit? So I went and revisited all the things I played on. And it was fantastic. It was like having a conversation with this other guy, mm-hmm. learning how to. But anyway, so now carry on. No, I mean, well, it was fantastic just seeing the, you know, because I'm not a musician. I'm a fan. And so I don't know when, when I see how it's all broken down into pieces. It is it is absolutely yeah. fascinating. Um, and how you, you know, I, I'm sure all these years listening to that song, I love the bass. If you had asked me, I, I would not have said, oh, the bass in that song is so great. But once you pointed it out, it was so obvious. Um and you had mentioned uh, producer Pat Leonard, and you said that he usually uh, oh, brought the yes. best, brought the best out of you. Yeah. So absolutely. what I wanted to ask was, you know, what what qualities? How does a producer do what they do? How do, how do they bring out the best in a musician? That yes, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. That's the thing. Like all I know is that I'm always terrified going into work with Pat because he he's he has this thing of like, guy, you're amazing. You're the best bass player in the world. I can't wait to work with you. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm <laughs> going to have to bring something to the you know. And he bring and he makes me that guy, not the best place in the world. I wouldn't say, but but he he every time you know at the end of it, I've done something that I wouldn't have. I don't know that I wouldn't have done, but mm-hmm. it certainly was. I, I mean, I don't know. He recognizes something in my play. You know, he he knows what I can do better than I do. And it's there isn't really a set thing with producers. Producers are very very different. I mean, when I used to work with Steve Lillywhite, you'd go to a room and he'd just pick his musicians carefully. You'd be in a room with like Johnny Marr and Mel Gaynor playing drums and me and someone else and then you just play a song and you think you're just playing the song and then at the end you know you come out you listen and you go oh my god that's amazing something happened there he did something i don't know what he did but he right. did something because it was not it's not just what would have happened if those guys were sat in a room playing so you know and then there's musicians there's producers who are very very technical and will tear everything apart and you know work it and most producers I find, especially the, when you get to work with famous ones, you know, because for me, producers come with a lot of baggage and that's always very exciting um, or daunting. And and nine out of ten, ten, they don't work the way you think they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting thing. Trevor Horn, for instance, who's like my absolute you know, idol, but he's um, now a friend. I want to say, it's like, what amazed me because he was the ultimate you know he absolutely kind of personifies that 80s perfection of you know that's every bit in the right place and everything sounds like it's a million dollars but what he actually wants is just to put a band in a room mm-hmm. it's just not what he does but that's what he wants you know right so there you go so yeah i can't so i'm not really good at answering these questions all i can tell is totally from <laughs> My experience. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, and I think it's about, you know, a producer, obviously, like knowing what you need, knowing what the song needs, knowing what the artist needs and kind of putting it all together like a recipe and hoping that it all comes together um, correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And this is the problem with with making records now is that you never have to commit to mm-hmm. anything. You don't have you, you can say it used to be, you know, you put a thing down on tape. Then you've used up all the tape and then you have to, you've got what you did and you've got to mix it. Now you never have to commit. You've got infinite tracks. You're on a computer. You can change anything. You can literally be in the last point of mixing and go, actually, I think that guitar should be going through a different amp and you can just change the amp. Yeah. So I think, so everything's kind of, you know, 
all the big decision making sort of happens at the end. So I think it's very, it's a very different skill now. Production. I, I mean, there's been times when the artists put out a song now and uh, changed their mind and and changed, said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna update the uh, the Spotify, yeah. and now it's a now it's a different song than the one I originally yeah. released. Yeah. So, um, well, the one the, well, that's kind of cool in a way if you think about it. it is you cool. know, the fluid yeah. nature of art. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's never done. Um, so uh, the one last question I want to ask you is uh, you also mentioned in, in that video um, that when you heard the final mix for Like a Prayer, uh, you said, wow, that sounds great. Who did the bass on that? And they told you that. And it was, she it was said, you. <laughs> well, well, it was slightly funnier than that. I was sat next to Madonna and and said, um, I said, my God, that bass is amazing. I mean, it sounded like me, but I thought it can't be me. It's way above right. my pay grade. And I just said, that is amazing, Madonna. That is the best record you've ever made. And who played that? Who played the bass? She went, you, dummy! <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, that's something we've talked about on the show before, that, you know, this is a song that we've heard 10,000 times. It's meant so much to us. But, you know, for you, it was it was a few days of work. You know, you were in, yeah. you did it, and then you were out. I mean, is that is that a common phenomenon? And, you know, have you been listening to a song like maybe in the mall or something and suddenly realize that you're listening to yourself um I, yeah i often have to have it pointed out to me and once yeah. it's pointed out i'm going oh yeah of course it is <laughs> but um yeah a lot of songs i wish it were me yeah <laughs> is that i mean but is that is that a weird thing like you know your relation is i guess what i'm saying is do you have a you know there's your relationship with the song when you worked on it you played on it and then maybe there's your relationship to it as a fan uh you know are those two oh, things completely completely yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally totally yeah it's all like right. i mean all this all the stuff we play with the source for the secrets i have a completely different relationship with these songs that i do to say any playing something off the division bell or one of david's last two records because those are mine i did right. those yeah yeah you know exactly I, I never sat at home and listened to them <laughs> uh all right well i think we'll start wrapping it up there um Guy, thank you so much uh, for talking with us. This You're been, very, very welcome. This has been fantastic. Um, uh, you guys are going to be on tour. I know you're you're in uh, Boston uh, today. We're gonna we'll we'll be there in uh, Portchester, and uh, for the Beacon Theater, holding down the the New York, Connecticut area. Oh, fantastic! Yes. Um, and uh, if anyone out there is interested, I would highly recommend you uh, go to uh, pantheon.com, pantheonpodcast.com slash Nick Mason. Uh, you can get your uh, chance to win the VIP upgrade there and also get your tickets to the show. And uh, we will see you guys there. Thank you. Thanks again, Guy. I really appreciate it. Come along. It's a great evening. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Good talking to you. Thank you very much indeed. Hope that was all right. All right. That was our interview with Guy Pratt. Mm -hmm. uh, that was super fun. What a, what a really nice, cool, he's fun guy. Very nice guy. Very funny guy. Super talented musician. With with a, a really long kind of storied career. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In addition to being the bassist for Pink Floyd, I mean, he worked with Michael Jackson. He played bass on Like a Prayer. Like that's yeah. it's incredible. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool listening to because I unfortunately was unable to be there for the interview. Am I hurt? Yes. But. It's okay. The show must go on. But the cool mm -hmm. thing was hearing him talk about that song that his father-in-law, that his um, uh, father-in-law, that his son's grandfather yeah. wrote. Uh, and then he talked about it during the, 
during the concert as well. And yeah. uh, it was just very cool putting that all together. And just it, it, those kind of things happen so much. And be, to be able to hear him tell that story to you guys, it was really, it's really cool to have that little bit of history and like those, those like, those bits of history that are, are constantly living, you know, yeah. through people. So thank you so much to Guy for sitting down with us. We really appreciate it. Um, like we said, let's give you a little bit more information about the tour and where you can find information. Rachel, you want to take it away? Sure. There's still time to enter to win an exclusive Nick Mason Sauce of Love Secrets VIP experience. You can go to PantheonPodcast.com to enter and to find information about tickets for upcoming shows. Well, I mean, you know, if you're not in this area, definitely uh, take a look. It was a super fun show. Um, unfortunately, yeah. if you can't come to the beacon, you won't be able to see us, but, no. uh, you'll get to see a great show. You'll get to probably meet someone else from Pantheon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look guys, this is all good shows on here. We, yeah. we, it's all killer. No fillers, no duds on this. Network. <laughs> you guys know that. Um, and so, they're on tour, uh, until November 1st. Yeah. I mean, you guys go on the website. Yeah. You're going to find out all the information that you need. Um, super cool. Thank you again to... Nick Mason, uh, the Nick Mason people. Uh, we didn't even talk about Chad. Chad was uh, was our guy. Chad was great. Uh, at at Capitol Theater. Hopefully, we're going to see him again in Beacon. Got it set up. Uh, everything was super, super helpful. Super helpful. Everything was very super nice. Smooth. You know, it's got it's it's Chad's to make the world go around. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it. He was great. So, um, yeah. So guys, check that out. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had a great time and, uh, hopefully we're going to do some more stuff like this in the future. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cazell. Uh, we'll talk to you guys in the near future on a normal episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one and we'll talk to you then. Bye. 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 Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the story it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football fantasypoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 